So when we think of Japan, what comes to the forefront is the high technology, the heavy goods industries that they have in terms of car manufacturing, uh, as well as uh, the likes of the Mitsubishis, the Kawasaki's, etc. Um, what's increasingly also coming to mind uh, on the energy space when we think of Japan is a lot of uh, focus on liquefied natural gas uh, post Fukushima, uh, the Fukushima disaster, just for context, uh, led to uh, a lot of their nuclear power plants um, being turned down. And that in that basically meant that they had to use more fossil fuels, coal and, and gas in their power mix. Uh, but more importantly, I think the guidance that Japan's been giving over the past few years or so under Abe in particular is it wants to transform its economy uh, into a more decarbonized um, model, uh, especially looking at hydrogen. Uh, these 2020 Olympics that should have taken place were was meant to be one of the instances where Japan actually showcased its hydrogen economy to the world. So quite a few of those things happening. And in a sense, you would think Japan's image um, globally, as as well as linked with all the Paris commitments everyone has, is that, well, Japan must be complying with it, um, really going through the decarbonization path, etc. Now, what's interesting, however, is how Japan's positioning itself. Uh, the truth is Japan is um, keen on decarbonizing its domestic economy. And that's where the hydrogen focus is really coming from, the roadmap, etc. And the policy announcement today um, that they will be shutting down 100 coal plants by the end of 2030. Now, these are 100 of their really old coal plants, coal plants that have come online before the 1990s. So not that efficient, um, really polluting from an environmental point of view. But Japan's view is that they'll be shut down by 2030. Now, the obvious question here is what happens to the mix, to the energy mix, if coal is getting out? Does that get get met by renewables or, or gas? Now, renewables uh, for Japan is a tricky one because of Japan's topography. Japan's very much uh, having mountainous regions and uh, solar is really not a, a big option for Japan, as well as the climatic conditions. Um, Offshore wind has been um, one of the things that Japan's been focusing on as renewable. Uh, JERA's been doing quite a bit of work, uh, in particular with a lot of the um, the French companies to set up more and more offshore wind capacity, but that's not really going to be enough. So there's, there'll be a bit of um, coal still left in Japan's um energy mix even beyond 2030 but what japan's saying is these are going to be some of the most efficient coal plants in the world uh, so that's interesting to note coal will still uh, play a part in some cases those um, highly efficient coal plants will expand but this leaves a big question mark to or rather for natural gas um, lng is a market that japan got into quite early uh, however, at this time, they, they are over-contracted when it comes to their gas, as well as when you look at the demographics for Japan and the way the, the power profile is for the country over the next few years, um, not only because of COVID and the weak economy, but more from a demographic perspective. 
demand's really not meant to rise for power. But overall, if you're taking 100 coal plants off, uh, it does have an impact on natural gas and LNG in particular. Um, recent um, estimates suggest that Japan's um, LNG imports could go up uh, by as high as 13 metric million tons by 2030 to help uh, fill that gap. Um, but I think the other big key is, or rather the elephant in the room, is how much of the nuclear plants come online by that time. Because I think that's going to be having um, a much bigger impact on, on the energy mix. That's a lot of capacity that's being turned down. A lot of the prefectures in Japan still um, quite skeptical on nuclear, as well as the safety risks uh, post the Fukushima uh, so that'll be definitely a challenge. But um, yeah, it's going to be a mix of all of this. Uh, but the focus today is also on how Japan is perceived externally. Because as, as mentioned earlier, with all these things that Japan's doing, providing a lot of funds for decarbonization, you would think that Japan's on a path where you know they won't be using coal, they're go going through a net zero economy. But the case is, they're lobbying uh, especially their big banking lobby, as well as their high-tech lobby, the, the likes of the Mitsubishis, the Kawasaki's, etc. Um, they have a very strong say uh, with regards to Japan's policy. And what that has meant is the environmental minister, Koizumi-san, has been very critical of Japan's support for coal power abroad. So he's been very critical, saying, you know, Japan can't continue... Uh, funding coal projects in Southeast Asia. It can't be really encouraging coal in a world where we're trying to wean off coal because of the carbon emissions. Um, so there was a lot of debate in Japanese parliament and again, big influencing bodies, uh, the banking sector in Japan, as well as the, um, uh, the high-tech sector. And what they eventually landed up on is that Japan would reduce its coal support abroad. And that's the exact headline that came in the local papers. Um, but if you look deeply into some of the um, METI documents, the, the actual guidelines, uh, it doesn't change much from what it was uh, as per the previous policy. Um, so it so the three nuances of interest is that Japan will still supply coal plants to countries that need it, but only if they have no choice uh, to build these plants, i.e. they have no other option for gas or other renewables, and this is the only option, that's when Japan would support it. That's been the same case before, and there's a lot of nuances there which give them a lot of wiggle room. Um, once again, the other things that Meti said is it would also make it a requirement for these countries to have plans to, de to decarbonize. So some of these Southeast Asian countries that are keen on getting a new coal plant, they would have to prove that they have decarbonization plans. Now, this is fairly easy. And again, a lot of wiggle room here, right? Because you can have a plan without compliance. And you know, that, that just gets a free pass there. Um, the last nuance is interesting, that Japan will only provide support for coal plants uh, that use very high technology and, a, and an efficiency of above 43%, um, sort of IGCC tech. And these plants would really cut emissions to an extent, but they still burn coals, not great. But the reason they put that cl clause in is Japan's one of the only um, countries that exports that type of plant 
and which makes it very efficient and you can really s see how a lot of these things tie in together japan's banks fund um core projects mizuho uh, in particular recently had a shareholder vote resolution um that was initially um asking the bank not to do that funding but then the investors were heavily in favor of funding it um so the financial sector really likes funding coal and uh, the high tech sector has this as a good source of revenue so that's going to have um uh an impact on japan's policy now you could argue that japan's at least made these considerations and and to an extent they're thinking pragmatically because there are countries in the world that will still require coal um to meet their power requirements and japan's there giving both funding as well as uh, their technology but overall though um once again putting putting the world's carbon context right 500 gigatons of carbon that we have in terms of our carbon budget our current emission profile um overall is around 42 gigatons just giving us roughly 12 to 15 years basically before we sort of go through the roof when it comes to temperatures um 33 gigatons out of that 40 40 44 is coming from the energy sector and that's where the big challenge is um and if coal continues to be used in the energy sector you'll start to see more and more uh, of these uh, these issues crop up so um that's a quick summary on what um Japan did uh, i think the the biggest implication now to look for is with Japan's focus on hydrogen is that really going to mean um if this is the stance that Japan takes that you know we're decarbonizing the local economy i we don't want fossil fuels to be burned here um would they take the stance that Japan would be all right in importing say brown hydrogen that i hydrogen that's produced by coal or blue hydrogen which is produced by natural gas now that's a big call because what that means is the emissions get um originated in the state of um where the producer is so if it's coming from australia if they're producing it with coal the emissions get produced here but when the hydrogen molecule gets used in japan there's zero emissions from i scope 3 um you could argue that that's not a really nice way of thinking about it because you know one one world uh, one emission target but from japan's perspective um they might think you know this this helps with local air pollution concerns uh, etc Uh, as well as um continues to support their industry the export industry and the financing industry so something to to keep a close watch on uh, in terms of how the japanese government would pivot uh, around that hydrogen um side of things